Hi, I'm Trenton Stander. Hi, I'm Tim Brown. And, and this is the Open Heart Cast. And we're back with some coffee. With no Not coffee. much coffee left. And uh, we, we got into a, in a, into a bit of a, a chat about deeply philosophically or philosophical cosmical discussion Absolutely. and i think it's worth discussing because right where we are in our conversation is the universe it exists yeah what came before it yeah what surrounds it yeah what do we see what's our reality uh-huh. is is life without death pointless the philosophical yeah, question dude. So um, I'm sober. Trent, Trent's a bit blazed, which is pretty cool. I'm to see. baking, bro. I'm <laughs> baking. Like, it's so cool to to think about all these things because we were having quite a an intense discussion about this earlier, mm. and it was it was so interesting, extremely thought provoking. Mm. <clears throat> so. You know, I had a, when I did study, or when I went to university, I wouldn't say I studied, but when I was at university, I did engineering, and we were allowed to do uh, a certain number of credits outside of engineering. So I chose astrophysics. Why? Because it's fucking fascinating. And we get to, we got to go to the, the National Observatory in Sutherland, which was pretty just. But... Um, my lecturer, one of the lecturers, he said he likes to believe the universe is surrounded by a chocolate egg. And around that chocolate eggs, it's surrounded by billions of small little astro chocolates. And you can't prove him wrong because you can't see that far. Because the light we see is all old light. Yes. Because we are no longer in a three-dimensional space. We are in a four-dimensional space. So there's X, Y, and Z and time. True. So, so this is what we were talking about earlier, is the observable universe. Yes. That is, in my understanding, and, mm. and we're fucking no pros on this shit, so mm. if we talk out a term here, just take it for what it is. It's a mm. stoner talking to a sober. Mm. Um, and we're both not that educated in it. I, I, think, mean, when I think that should be a podcast name. Mm. Stoner to a sober. Yeah. That's cool, bro. We should do episodes about that. Yeah. Stoner to a sober. But yeah, so what is the universe? It's an interesting question and philo- philosophical. Yes. Because we've been talking about uh, psychedelics and mm. mystical journeys and Absolutely. things like that. And it makes you ask the interesting questions like, what the fuck is the universe? Yeah. I don't think we have the brain capacity to fully understand the universe. I don't think it's possible. And uh, oh yeah, this, this episode is going to be called The Answer is 42 because uh, apparently according to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the Earth is a supercomputer that was developed uh, because they made the supercomputer to work out the meaning of life, the universe and everything, and it came to the answer of 42. Why? Because it didn't understand the question. So they built another supercomputer, which is the Earth, to understand the question. What? 
Yes. <laughs> and the earth is going to get destroyed moments before it comes to the understanding of the question to make space for an intergalactic highway. Yeah. Which isn't needed because they developed the improbability drive. Improbability drive. Yes, because everything is a probability function in terms of physics. So if you collapse your probability of being here to zero and the probability of you being somewhere else completely different in the universe to one, you are now moved in an instant from one place to another. I see your brain is working overtime here. Cannot what? comprehend. What the fuck? <laughs> How do you comprehend that? That's why you need psychedelics. Judas Priest, dude, like that's intense. Mm. I was like pulling so many amps on that one. That's the whole point. Jeepers. Like this is the thing about the universe, okay? It's like we were talking earlier about the observable universe, right? Now, what does that mean? And as I said, we, we're speaking as total unprofessional. Right? Mm. We, we don't do this for a living. We're not mm. fucking scientists. But mm. we're just talking about the oldest light that we can see in the universe. The question now becomes like, okay, so so that what does that tell us? Mm. In my opinion, that tells us there there was a beginning, okay? Yeah. And I think that's that's the main thought for for a lot of scientists out there is that um, I think it was one of the guys on Graham Hancock's uh, no Joe Rogan's podcast, one mm. of the young scientists, I mm. think it was, and he said that um, that that the fact that we believe in the Big Bang theory. Is that we can see it, yeah, and that that's that was his that was his uh, his argument. Like for for people who say, how do we know about the Big Bang theory? Well, we can see it, or we we think we can see it, and what we observe, yeah, matches the theory. Yeah, yeah. So 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 this is the thing now. Mm. Okay, so it's the observable universe. What the oldest light that we can see, if in in my understanding of it, mm. is is what we can determine to be the the age of the universe oh, as as like we know it, which is I I think it's it's estimated to be about three. No, it's about fifteen. No, thirteen, thirteen, thirteen billion or thirteen million years no, it's ago. Thirteen or. F- 13 to 15 billion light or billion years. Yeah. Yeah. 15 to 13 billion. Billion. Billion years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds like it. Yeah. Um, I think this guy said uh, uh, 12 to 13 billion years ago. Yeah. It depends on which, you know, my, my memory of this stuff is shady as fuck because, I mean, I did it. In 1999, mm. fuck, remember that uh, you would have been too young to remember the Y2K problem. No. The Y2K problem was that computers were only made to count the years. The earlier computers were only made to count the years until 99 because they didn't think of counting to 2000. So there was a big fear that when the clock struck 12, 
the things were going to fall apart because the computers weren't made to think they, they could only go up to 99 and that's when it ends you're killing my brain right now we like, have i'm trying uh, like i hear what you're saying but i'm not getting it okay so the computer only works on a time base okay the, the older computers because right. they only counted up to 99 because it was in the early development they didn't think of counting further so all the things run by comp the older computers they were worried that when it got to zero again that the computers would all fail so like power systems power grids networks cell phones communications everything was going to crash satellites were going to crash because they couldn't go past 99 and it, it turned out to be not a problem I mean at where I work we've got an old DOS computer it w it's it's like old DOS computer it's like it's got floppy drives do you know what a floppy drive is yeah I do <laughs> it, it, the five and a half inch floppy drive mm. this thing only goes to 99 but it's the only computer that runs the the Doppler system, which is a radar that we use to measure the speed of the bullets, <clears throat> it still works. It went past 99 and just goes back to zero and then one, two. But the, the, the day and the date don't tie up anymore because it's in a different century. Okay. So the penny drops. Right. On the stoner. <laughs> I see. All right. That's, that's interesting. But yeah, anyway, that was why my brain, my memory is show, is, is dodgy because I mean that was like twenty years ago when I learned about astrophysics. But it's fucking fascinating because we did a bit of quantum physics, you know, quarks, leptons, you know. You th everybody thinks atoms are the base; in it. they're not no. because neutrons and protons and electrons are made up of different things. So protons sure. and neutrons, I speak under correction, are made out of quarks and leptons and. I That's, think they spoke about that on the uh, Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan experience the other day. But he had, it was that one I shared with you with Lex Friedman. This guy is an expert on um, artificial intelligence mm. in terms of computers and things like that. But yeah, there is a theory in physics mm. which is called the theory of everything. Yeah, which is uh, which is. Um, uh, um, Stephen Hawking's uh, no is it not it's not the oh wait that was a movie sorry yeah. yeah the theory of everything incorporates quantum physics string theory normal physics but the what Lex said is that in the population of about 7 billion people that are on this planet we call earth mm. um Aliens, if you're out there, mm. we come in peace, hippie. Um, the, there's only about a thousand people in the world that understand the theory of everything. That's how new or complex it actually is. But he said that the theories of everything are beginning to tie all the quantum theory to Newtonian theory to string theory. And it is... It's a mind fuck. It's an absolute mind fuck. That sounds extremely interesting. Mm. 
That's I, crazy. I mean, contemplate your existence. It's like it's like the improbability drive. You made up of cells or water and cells and DNA and all that stuff's made up of atoms and it's made up of other finer physical uh, uh, physical what the fuck um, particles or probability functions sure. everything relates to a probability function sure absolutely so now is your consciousness what's in your head your perception of reality what is it that's crazy though because it's like what is what is your soul what yeah. ha what, ha what happens in you when you die it, in in this reality yeah 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 dude. what what happens i'm to so on board with this conversation right now what I'm happens with your consciousness level or your conscience or your 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 soul your being dude this is something i was thinking about today mm. in a sense because i was like and it was so weird like these thoughts don't often just come to me like this mm. but i was thinking about like jack sent me a message today mm. and i was thinking about him and i was like it's crazy that i was just at him the other day mm. and like you you kind of it 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 made me think like it's a weird thought but like mm. does does that person exist in your conscious level at at that point mm. and the answer of course is yes they still do but you're not aware of them at all when mm. you're working and doing things in the day and yeah you might think of them during the day but like in that moment they're non-existent mm. it's like like in your in your consciousness at mm. that level they're non-existent because your brain is is focusing on whatever it is that you're doing mm. and um yeah certain things can drive a thought that mm. can remind you of a certain person but in that moment they're they're not strictly speaking because it's kind of like the answer the, the 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 question of if a tree falls in the forest does it still make a sound and that question is not it's it's a philosophical question but it's also a quantum yeah. question is because if you look at light life be life life what? life be <laughs> light behaves both as a wave function yes. a probability function yes. as and as a particle yes that's right and the and it's the photons it's the photons yeah. yeah but that's what they that's what we know now yes. so what we know now is all wrong because later on we will know more mm. and it will prove things wrong true true we'll get so, a greater understanding of things for sure but yeah at what level but like there's That's an the thing there's an experiment where they've got a, a, a light source which can emit a single photon yeah right yeah. and there's an experiment where you get a dispersion pattern so you've got two one slit i heard about this and then two slits yeah now when the light is behaving as a wave function yes and you have a sensor at the back you pick up a dispersion pattern so you get light and dark stripes. Now they decided they wanted to see which slit the photon went through. So they put a sensor on yes. to determine where the which slit mm. 
Did, I heard about this, yeah. Which slit went through, which slit did the photon go through? Yeah. And as soon as they put the sensor on, mm. the light stops behaving as a wave function and starts behaving like a particle. Right. So yeah, you don't get a dispersion pattern. Because now you've defined the f- the probability function or the wave function as a particle going through a certain point. So it stops behaving like a wave. And that is the complete mindfuck of quantum physics. Crazy. Because in quantum physics, everything has an effect on everything else. That's one of the problems in dealing with quantum physics is where do you draw the boundary of your observer? Because if you're observing, you're having an effect on Mm. that quantum system. I'm going to cook your brain tonight. Crazy shit, bro. Like, that's hectic. Mm. So, like, something that we're talking about on the Joe Rogan podcast, like, I keep mentioning it because there's so Mm. many things there that interest me. Mm. But um, they were talking about, in Greek times, they believed, I, I can't tell you the dates, but in Greek times, they believed that the Earth was the center of the universe. Yes, and Galileo almost got put to death because he went against the church belief that the earth was the center of the universe, and he proved them wrong. Mm. Uh, and, it, it, yeah, it, um, it, it was, <sighs> the earth is, but strictly speaking, uh, he, the, the, the earth was the center of our solar system, so everything rotated around the earth. Yes. Yes, it was either that or the, or the center of the universe. I can't remember if it was the center of the universe or the center of the the solar system. Um, but anyway, the 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 thought there was that because um, they said everything fell toward the the center, mm. and that's why because we're the center of the of the the uh, solar system. The solar system. There we go. So yeah, it's it's interesting because like if you think about from what mankind knew then and we've we, throughout mankind's history we've had an understanding of, of or a need to study the stars mm-hmm. and for whether it's for um spiritual beliefs which which seems to be i think it's it, it, the it really, profound uh, reason why they would do that i think it also relates to man's search for meaning for sure yeah and uh, i mean because it's beginning, a, beginning, in the, a beginning, in a beginning, like if if everything had a, a beginning, like mm. the question is now, okay, is that a mistake, or is that design? Like from what we can see within science and things like that, and how materials react when we heat them up and beat them, yeah, like steel. How does copper react? How does mm. brass react? How mm. does how do all these things react? How do these materials improve if we could put them through certain processes? Like you start getting an understanding of how physical laws of science have to be in place to accomplish making tools mm. so that we can progress as a species. as a species. So 
from the very basic tools, mm. from flint napping, which is an incredibly crazy uh, mm. thing to, to think about. Mm. And all of these things start bringing into to question, like, these things are so, in, they are so incredibly designed. Mm. And they are designed to react reliably so that we can measure them. But and we can utilize those measurements and that information that we get from the material so that we can do more with it, how to improve it, and all that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a philosophical question. Yes. All right. So the DNA that makes up your body is yeah. unique to each person. Yes. It's like an encyclopedia of how to build your body. Sure. So how does a cell in your body know it needs to be a heart cell? Or how does it know it needs to be a muscle cell or a blood vessel cell or whatever? It's got to be some sort of coding. Okay, so so there's coding. But right? there's a language. It's some sort of language. But there has to be some sort of intelligent design behind it. Absolutely. Because, I mean, if you look at Inception... Yeah. Or Conception, sorry. Conception. I was like movie. Was the movie. That is a mindfuck movie. But, yeah, that's crazy. But that's crazy. if you look at Conception, it's like the... What is Conception? Is when you make the baby. Right. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> the, the, what is the word for it now? It's the egg. Yeah. And you have the sperm cell and one lucky dumb fuck manages to penetrate the egg, fertilize the egg, and then cell division starts to happen. It starts to form life. Yeah. Yeah. But now you can go and say, how does that life know what to do? It's in the code of the DNA, right? But how does that piece of DNA know that this thing must be a blood cell or it must be a hair cell? Or what drives that? That is the, that is a mindfuck question. That's crazy. To think to think about that, you've got to you've got to. In my opinion, you've got to believe in in some sort of higher power that that created us. Yeah. You like to me, I I cannot find it possible to believe in anything else. But some form of a creation, a creator, whether that be uh, God or Jehovah, Muhammad, yeah, like whatever. whoever or whatever mm. that is, mm. like we had a beginning. Yeah. Now, if <clears throat> if you look at the universe, yeah, and the theory that of the Big Bang that the universe mm. is expanding. Okay. All right. Yeah. And it is a f- more than a it's more than a four-dimensional space. Okay. Because it's X, Y, Z in time and other things that we don't know about. Yes. Because we can't measure them. But if you look at X, Y, Z in time, mm. then strictly speaking, if the universe is expanding, yeah. every point in the universe is the, is the center of the universe because everything else is going away from it. Right, 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 yeah. In X, so, Y, Z and, and time. And this is what they were talking about, the possibility of a multiverse. Mm. An infinite universe. Yeah. 
There were no, sorry, a multiverse or an infinite universe. They were talking about. I don't know if it's the same thing, but it's like a, it's like that that where they talk about like a parallel uh, a parallel universe. So every point where a decision is made, it's a yes no answer. It splits. <clears throat> Who's to say we're not a science experiment in a test tube of some other giant laboratory? Which no, isn't which isn't another experiment or its whole universe is not another experiment in another test tube in another science laboratory. That's a that's a hectic thing to contemplate because that 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 if I believed that was real I'd be scared. I don't know why. It it just makes you think realize that how insignificant you actually are. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Like, what? Although, although you, although you are maybe insignificant. At the same time, you insignificant little fuck. But at the same time as you are, so to say, insignificant, you are at the same time significant. To something. Exactly. Like, I'd like to assume I'm significant to my wife and my, my kids and my mom and my dad. I mean, me and my mom have a mental connection that yeah. that I've explained it a few times. Like, I know I should actually phone my mom today. Yeah. Because my mother's thinking about me. And that, that shows some sort of deeper level of, of connectivity as well because like or, or you, consciousness you'll often or, Yeah. Yeah. Because you will you will often be thinking about a person and I'll send you a message and you'll be like, I was just thinking of you today. Is that a like, now is that a coincidence? Mm. Or is that by intelligent design? But that's the thing. It's like Although you how, are, like, you, how if, do you? Uh, okay, the law of attraction. I don't know a whole lot about that, to be honest. I think. I think I missed that class. No, you. It's. Yeah, the 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 law. Of, right. Yeah, the law right. of attraction okay. is what what you think about is what you attract. Sure. Sure. Which, in a certain sense, is true, but I at think this, it is true. It, you know, there, there's different parts to it. If you sit on your ass and think about being a full-time knife maker, you're never going to be a full-time knife maker. Sure, absolutely. So, but that's also that's also open to debate because the thing is, you can do that, but it's circumstantial as well. Because the mm. thing is. Your life changes all the time. Mm. So your your some some dramatic thing could happen in your life as well yeah. that makes you stop getting that start getting off your ass and mm. doing shit about stuff that you want to do. Yeah. So But it's but it's dependent. I mean you get some lazy fuckers out there as well. So But the, I would say the law of attraction only works if you have action associated with it. Oh for sure. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. I, st- I still think, you know, if you look at from a scientific or a, a, a physics point of view, everything is, is an energy or a wave function or a probability function. Or mm. So 
the energy you're putting out is the energy you're going to be attracted to. True. So it comes down to your mindset. If you've permanently got a negative mindset, yeah, you're permanently going to be in a negative space. And you're permanently going to see things from a negative point of view. Mm. You're always going to be leading toward negative conversation. If you and look, that's the poison of mm. negativity. It's If you look at uh, the book by Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and uh, his... I mean, he's been broke more than once in his life, but he said he was never poor. He may have been broke. He may have been living in his fucking car, but he was not poor because poor is a mindset. And if you've got that mindset of being poor, you will always be poor because you're in that mindset. If you've got the mindset of I'm broke, then it's a temporary thing. And it's like I'm doing something about it to change the fact that I'm broke. I disagree. But it's it's the it no, it's the mindset of being poor. If your mindset I is get that. Yeah. I get that. But like even to say that you broke, like a lot of people use that often. Okay. Mm. Sure. Like it's a fact, okay? Mm. But the thing is as well is that you've got to change the way you look at things. Yeah. Like if you if you believe that positive thinking and positive thoughts towards your future and things yeah. like that is actually going to change your life and you're taking mm. action behind it, then you've got to learn to view things differently. Like mm. you can't say things like, oh, I'm broke or I'm fuck, I fucked up. I've, you know, mm. like you've got to change your whole mindset toward that because every single thing in your life needs to be an exercise that you do with yourself constantly. Mm. Saying, okay, I, f- I fucked the grind up on this knife. Mm. That could be viewed as a negative. Mm. But it could be viewed in the positive sense that mm. I learned something from it. Now I know not to do this. Mm. But the only way you can learn from it is by paying a fucking attention. And paying right? the price. So, yeah, you're going to fuck up. That's a fact. Mm. Everybody does. Mm. But the thing is, what do we learn from it? Mm. And that's a positive because mm. learning is positive, mm. right? So you've got to change your entire way of looking at things. Yes, mm. negative things happen to us all the time. Mm-hmm. But when we lose someone, we learn how much we actually appreciate them and we honor mm. them in our memory. Mm. And, and that affects what we do with our lives. Mm. We want to make those people proud. And we that inspires us to be better people, to be more tolerant of other people, mm. and to to have empathy and love and and care and cherish. Like mm. like we learn by death mm. what life is and what and what mm. to appreciate and what really matters. All those things mm. are what death. Death is essentially the motivating force behind whatever life decision we make. Mm. Because we are going to it. Mm. There's fuck all we can do about it. Mm. We are going to die. It's a fact. Mm. Yeah. It's just a question of when. It's just when. So how priceless, how priceless is the time you have right now? Mm. You've got one life. Mm. And as Gary Vaynerchuk says, Mm. you squeeze the shit out of it. Mm. And 
<coughs> that relates back to my inspiration of David Goggins. Yeah, no, he's just changing the fucking sub. No, but he's like, he he, okay, he curses like a trooper or like a like a, a sailor because he was a sailor. He was a Navy SEAL, but he said, what drives him is he wants to get to his day of reckoning, and okay. he does, and he he doesn't want to get to the day of reckoning, and and he's gonna, God's gonna have a book, according to him. They have a book, and yeah, say right for sure, he's gonna have a book. David Goggins, you were supposed to do this, 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 this. What have you done? Oh, spade for roaches. There's no David Goggins Navy SEAL, ultra marathons, Iron Man, this, that, that. Inspirational to other people type things. And Humble says, beginnings, yeah. And, and he says he's gonna. He wants to get to the, his day of reckoning with God, whenever it is, and he wants to. God's going to be going down the list. Yeah, David, David Goggins, uh, tactical air force controller. Check. David Goggins, road spray. Check. David Goggins, Navy SEAL, three times through Holy. Check. Ultra marathon. He wants to get to that list, and God's going to go, "Hey, fuck! You did this. I didn't think you're going to do that. That wasn't in your book. That what you did wasn't in your book." Well, technically, it was. Technically it was, but he says he, he won, th that's what drives him. He's, he, he wants to get there and have achieved more than what is expected of him. It's a deep question. Mm. It's a deep fucking question. Like, it's crazy because, like, the thought of, of like, your beginning and ultimately your end. Hmm. It's like, where do we go from there? Okay, so I'm going to take you on a different philosophical subject. Uh, okay, so the, the philosophical question all right, is, in time, there is past, present, and future. Are you recording this? Yes, I'm recording now. Okay. Past, present, and future. All right. So the past has happened. It's gone. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Okay. At, that we know of. Yeah. In in our current understanding, there's no yeah. such thing as time travel. Or it's not possible at the moment. Yeah, but that's only because of of, of what we know what at we this know. point. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Okay. We could be living Groundhog Day over and over. It's just our mental capacity is reset every time we're born. Okay, but now the future has not yet happened. So does it exist? The past is gone. It doesn't exist. True. True. So the only thing that really matters is what's happening now. What's in the present. What you can control now. Absolutely. Which goes back to people and their fucking phones when you're talking to them. Oh, yeah, I'm... I'm wow, that annoys me. That can be quite fucking annoying, actually. That is fucking annoying. That's... Like, that the, this is and and I'm not I'm not knocking people who do this. Like mm. I know that it's it's I've done it myself in the mm. past, 
but I try not to do it. And, and it's just out of courtesy. Mm. In my opinion, what is happening now, who you are with now, especially if you're in a social setting, you're mm. telling other people, essentially, in my opinion, you're telling other people, I would rather be checking my fucking Facebook than talking to you. Mm. To me, that's what you're telling people. It's it's a different story if your wife or your significant other is phoning you. Sure. And it, it could be something important. And sure. You, it's and you could, circumstantial. Of it's course. circumstantial. But, you know, how but much... But if you're doing trivial shit, like checking how many likes you've got on your new fucking Instagram, Instagram post, post in your fake life. Oh, man. Yeah, fuck off, ski. If you've got a giveaway time to do, yes, fucking mm. do that shit. Mm. But, but what is it? That's... Whose book was that now? That was Essentialism. It's a it's a book I had on audiobook, but yeah. it says there was a, a a college or someone it was a rugby coach or a foot no, it was a rugby coach. And he had like the best fucking record in terms of coaching a rugby team over years and years and years. Wow. And it all came down to a simple motto is that whatever you're doing on the field, you must be winning or you must win. And the win was what is important now. Sure. So if you've just missed a penalty kick or you made a bad pass, sure. it's gone. Uh, what is important now? So what important Absolutely. now is I must tackle this guy or yeah. I must go scratch my balls. Or yeah. So if you are in conversation with someone and they're on their phone, sure. what's important now? It's not what's on your phone. It's true. It's the energy or the probability function that's communicating to you through sound waves and body language and visually. and Yes. So it's 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 a conversation between two two people mm. is a very sort of intimate way of connecting. Mm. You know, eye contact, body language, mm. uh, the sound of your voice, the mm. the vibe that you're giving, the mm. emotion that you're expressing, mm. all of those things. They're very intimate things. Mm. To interact with people on that level is a very very special thing. But if we're doing that through so uh, through social media mm. or interacting with people on the other side of the world and mm. and as we said it's circumstantial of course mm. but the thing is it's important to be interacting with that person at that level in mm. that moment mm. you know it's it's uh where did i want to go it's like communication is not just the spoken word it's like I can look at you now and I see you've got this deep contemplation on your face. So it's, it's yeah. body language as well. Yeah. So th the vocal part or the words, if you put them into a text format, is only a very small portion of the communication. Absolutely. That's bro. why, you know, text messages are yeah. impersonal because yes. it's just words. You're not picking up on the tone of voice. There's no tone of voice. There's no... Yes. Um, body language or that's things. why i like voice notes so much yeah voice notes are i mean you still can't 
mm. express the full emotion mm. when you can when you mm. when you're actually talking to somebody in person but mm. but it, you can you can you can convey so much more yes. than just the words yes. yeah 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 um so it's like writing a text or drawing a picture a picture says a thousand words sure so it's 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 interesting that I would say a picture mm. I would say a picture speaks more than a thousand words but mm. you've got to think about so many things when it comes to mm. and the thing picture, is especially art 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 is in the eye of the beholder what the, the Judas f- priest bro. yeah must have been that excess blunt. Yeah. <laughs> Second hand smoke, here we come. But like we're going to tomorrow. Mm, There's nothing we can do about it. But now the the um art is like art is what you see in it. Or pictures what you see in it. It's your perception of the reality. Yes, and ultimately the reality is that light is interacting with these Surfaces. surfaces to create the color that you're seeing and how you perceive color versus how another p- person perceives color are two different things mm-hmm. okay so Quest- my- it's questionable because you mm-hmm. can't see yourself through another person's eyes no you can't so like i don't know i'm no scientist but it's yeah so it, it's how you perceive the art that you're seeing mm-hmm what those pictures have meant for you in your life mm. and what you see in in the art whether that's from where a person was emotionally when they painted this mm. when it comes to the color usage what what were they painting with what mediums were they painting with why did they choose what what is their style here what philosophical things could you take from this it speaks so many words than just a thousand. So we can look at music as well. Then. Absolutely. Nirvana's uh, "Polly Wants a Cracker." It's it's hectic. It's a hectic song because and and from my understanding, I did a little bit of research on this. Mm. From my understanding, uh, Kurt Cobain and and Nirvana, the the mm. entire band, were a huge. A proponent of supporting women's rights and fighting against uh, rape and things of that nature. Rape and abuse of women. Yes, mm. yes. So that was a huge part of Nirvana as as a band. That was one of their their big focus. In focus, what? That was one of the things that they focused on. Sorry. And, and it, it, so so one sorry mm. one of the things I wanted to mention was. Mm. In the one Nirvana uh, music video on YouTube, it's called In Bloom. Mm-hmm. And it goes... Mm-hmm. Oh, so we must put that on our uh, playlist. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, they were dressed in uh, in dresses. They originally start out with... They dressed mm-hmm. in these nice suits and everything. Mm-hmm. And then they go into these dresses. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Kurt Cobain had no problem dressing up like a woman. Mm. He didn't care. Like zero well, fucks given. It was kind of like to me. It was kind of like a symbolic thing for mm. him. And um, and that's why I think they did a lot of these women's rights campaigns. Mm. And and I think with 
the one song that they did, I think it was Polly Wants a Cracker. I'm not sure though, mm. but I think they raised a lot of money for a for mm. for a charity of some sort. Yeah, um, which was really cool because I think mm. the story goes that Polly was actually a girl. Mm. I'm not saying her name was Polly, but mm. there was a, there was a girl that the story this song was based mm. off of, and she was tortured mm. and raped multiple times and mm. and it it was a hectic hectic thing to happen but mm. it happened and they sung about this to sort of commemorate that in a way but also to make people realize that this shit is happening mm. and we need to do something about it mm. do you which know, is really important do you know that kurt cobain is part of the 27 club yes i do Yes. That is an interesting discussion. Jimi Hendrix, I don't know all of them, but Jimi Hendrix died when he was 27. Wasn't that one chick? Um, uh, Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. 27. 27, There's yeah. a whole lot of these people that have died. with, And, and m- most of them has been overdose <sighs> or, or suicide or something like that. Yeah. You know, Kurt Cobain took an overdose of shotgun shells to the head. That's not funny, but I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But man, it's mm. it was such a loss. I rem- I remember such when I heard about it because I was in first year university, mm. and it was like this this voice this this thing I connected to was like it was gone. Mm. It's like my. My feeling when it comes to someone like Freddie Mercury is like he was a fucking genius entertainer. He he was to me he was one of the best performers we've ever had that that I know of. Who's this? Freddie Mercury. Oh, Freddie Mercury. Oh, Sorry, dude. I, Freddie Fudgepacker. I, 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 I totally lost track of what you were even saying. Yeah. And but it's like yeah, at the Freddie same Mercury. T- that was um, what band was Queen. that now? Queen, yes, yeah. yes. And it's like, it, it's the same as uh, Chris Cornell and Chester Bannington. It's like... Chris Cornell. Uh, Audio Slave. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He also committed suicide. Yeah, just before Chester Bannington. Just before Chester. And yeah. Chester and Chris were extremely close. That's right. I mean, uh, Chris's daughter sang at uh, a concert in commemoration of Chester. Oh, jeepers. She sang Hallelujah. With wow, I can't remember who, so I won't say. Was it Mike Shinoda? No, I can't remember who, but it it was, man, it was that Mike emotion. Mike Shinoda's music has been really interesting mm. um, of late. It's um, I say of late because I've only been listening mm. to a lot of it of late, but mm. he talks a lot about how Chester's um, death affected him. Mm. And his his decisions that he's making in his life now. And what band is he part of? He was part of Linkin Park. Linkin Park, okay. Yeah, because just I, um, Mike Shinoda. Okay. He was the the the. I'm not sure if he's Chinese or Korean. I don't want to say, no. but he he's Asian is mm. what I can tell you, and he was the rapper. 
Okay. For for Lincoln Park, and and in my opinion, that was the most beautiful combination between rap, mm. r- what, rap, rap <laughs> and rock. I was trying to combine rap and rock, <laughs> r- rap and rock. Sorry. Rap. That's rap. Bro, that's what it's called. But rack. like, you know, I think these artists. Rap and rock. I think in order to get to that level, you have to experience a certain amount of pain. To get to what level? Making to get music? to that le- that level of expression. <laughs> so like David Goggins has been through a shit ton of pain. A lot of it's self-inflicted, but like he had a shit upbringing, like okay. a really shit upbringing. Yeah. You talk but about this guy a lot though. He's very inspirational to me. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, evidently. Um, he had a really shit upbringing. So, yeah. you know, that's why he wrote the book Can't Hurt Me. To tell his story that, yeah, he may be an ultra runner and he's super tough and everything, mm. but he came, he was a broken man. Yeah. Song by Rage, uh, Rage Against the Machine. Mm. Is it Rage Against the Machine? I don't know. Sounds familiar though. Yeah. Broken. Son of a broken man. But anyway, um, everybody's broken in a certain way. And I think a lot of these, like the truly exceptional artists, had to go through some pain and suffering. And David David Goggins says there can be no growth without suffering. You have to embrace the suck. True. So if you think in terms of knife making, in order to grow as a knife maker, you have to put the hours in, you have to put the graft in, and and you have to make the you fuck ups. You have to work hard, yeah. And you have to make the fuck ups, mm. and you got to suck it up, mm. and fucking get back on the horse every time it throws you off. Absolutely. Have I fucked your brain enough? <laughs> wow, dude. It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about. And we, I can, I can, I can add more twists. Like, I mean, you, you totally killing my brain right now. But like, it's so fascinating to contemplate these things. Like, this is when I'd love to have someone like Grant here. Oh, dude, that guy would be on fire right now. Yeah, we'd have to, we'd <laughs> oh, probably dude. have to feed him like a bottle or two of whiskey. This, this conversation would be wild with Grant here. Mm. Dude, that guy is. That guy can argue the point for, for like in so many unique ways, mm-hmm. that it makes you think so much. It's like as you grow as a knife maker. Yeah. Just when you think you know what you're doing. Yeah. You realize how fucking little you know. Dude, absolutely. And Dude, I mean, I was I was watching, bro. I was watching a video because I was I was trying to do some more research on on grain growth and grain structures and how grain structures develop within mm. steel and things like that. Like I, I battle to like, I understand it mm. to a degree, but I'm still trying to learn all the, all the different finer details mm. like ferrite and austenite and martensite. Um, and that's just in steel. Never mind other yeah, materials. Yeah. And perlite and, and ferrite and all these different mm. things. Like, and the grain structure of the steel, and mm. there was something called recrystallization. Recrystallization, yeah. Okay, so you know about that. Yeah. Right. You know how I know about that? How? 
because I'm fucking clever. No, I'm <laughs> no, you are, bro. When when they make, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, or I'm pretty sure in it, but I, I don't know the exact science behind it. But like turbine blades on jet engines, on really high performance jet engines, where you've got uh, operating at high temperatures, mm. the individual blades they grow the grain so they don't refine the grain they grow the grain so that each uh, each fucking turbine blade is a single crystal what the fuck because what happens is if you've got it's a single grain yeah it's a single grain yeah it's what because at the speeds that this thing's spinning at and at the temperatures it's working at, if you've got a grain structure, Yo, it stretches. Sure. It stretches. And then you, then you have the problem of when it's cold, it's not going to get started working because the clearances are different. And when it gets hot, it's going to expand. And because of the centrifugal forces, it's going to cause a fuck up. Sure. But I know that there was research in, in, in making these things single grain. And, wow. And, and even I knew a guy, um, we worked together, he worked as a machinist at a place where they machined components for aircrafts. Okay. For the, the turbine stuff mm. and for structural things. And they had to machine it at very specific feeds and tool speeds. Yeah. Because the strength required, if you machine it too fast or too slow, you put too much heat in or things like that, and you affect the structure of the material. Yes. That it won't work. It'll fail. Hectic. That's crazy. Mm. It's really crazy. That's insane. And then it all right it all goes back down to probability functions. Exactly. It's like doesn't it? And like then, it's then, crazy, then you have to then you have to ask the question Fuck. Does it even really exist? If it's a wave function. Yes, it exists, it, but but it's because of how we perceive it that it exists. It's only because we observe it yes. that it exists. Yes. But so, because... Oh, dude, it's a mind fuck. It's a The mind universe fuck. exists because we can observe it. Yeah. And we call it a universe. Mm. Who and knows what the fuck it is? You know, who knows what the fuck it is? And then... Like, we think we know what we're talking about but when it comes don't. to the universe. Mm. And yes, we know a lot mm. about it, mm. for sure. Mm. And there's some incredible guys going out mm. there and doing some incredible work. But the thing is, like, there is so little that mm. we actually know mm. that it's crazy. It is crazy. Because, and- like, the more we learn mm. the more we like what the fuck it's like and then people say how can you want to live forever you'll know everything no you won't fucking when 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 yeah how the fuck 
Are you going to travel to some fucking distant planet that's in a Goldilocks zone like Earth with life on it, mm. with conditions for life that we can live on, mm. and fucking talk to other ra- other fucking species? Mm. Or communicate. Like, you're going to need a fucking long time mm. for that. And And why wouldn't you want to live forever if those are the possibilities? But... At the same point, why would you want to live forever? I don't think I'd want to live forever. Why not? Why would I? Because we are not immortal. If you watched like Highlander or whatever, I... I think I Highlander, may have. It, I think it was Mel Gibson. And like he's immortal until you chop his head off. So how the fuck are you immortal if you chop your head off and you if die? If you're immortal, you cannot die. Yeah. So you are semi. The Highlanders were like semi-immortal. Like there were only a certain number. And if you kill another Highlander, you get all his all his powers. That's pretty cool. Right. But now because you live forever. Everything you love dies. Yeah, but what if that wasn't a problem? If everything was forever? Then it would grow exponentially that there would just be too much. Nothing can survive it. If you think about it, you need food, air and water. True. And those things are finite. Those things are finite. Yeah. So, in order to have food, you have to kill. I read, though, about an article that was, there there was, if I'm not mistaken, there was some form of a very porous rock deep down in the earth. Mm -hmm. And this, and this was one of the arguments that they were using for the the theory of the Great Flood, Mm -hmm. Noah's Ark story. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, many cultures throughout the world have spoken about a uh, global flood mm. many cultures mm. many cultures believe that it happened many cultures believe that eight people were saved and warned by divine intervention okay okay many cultures right and um, if I'm not mistaken the Babylonian texts also speak of a great flood if I'm not mistaken don't quote me on that but mm. I think that's right but uh, the Chinese symbol mm-hmm. for vessel, mm-hmm. I think the Chinese symbol for vessel or boat, I'm not sure which one it is. Mm-hmm. It's basically the symbol for vessel, mm-hmm. eight people or something like that. Okay. Okay. That's fascinating. Well, now, the, you know how the, this... it gets more interesting. Yeah. The symbol for forbidden mm-hmm. is two trees with two swords. Why two trees with two swords? Because now Think I... Think about the word forbidden. Biblical reference. The forbidden fruit? Yes. Knowledge of good and... The knowledge of good and evil... 
I think it's a, I think it's that there's it's either one tree or two trees or something like that, and it's got swords in it. I think symbols for swords. Yeah. Because, yeah, and it and it and it contacts the biblical reference to those words, and mm. I'm not saying it's necessarily belief in in mm. the Bible. Like whatever you want to believe is what you want to believe, but mm. the thing is. There's something there, and we can't ignore it. Okay. So now, the Great Flood, eight people survived. Sure. Right. According to beliefs. Mm. Right. Now, Graham Hancock has a theory of an older civilization that was advanced, that was destroyed. I believe that could be possible for sure. And his reckoning is that... About 12,000 years ago, I think, or 12,000 BC, whatever, there was this great flood. And there is geological evidence for it. I think he was speaking about the uh, the Sphinx. Not just as the Sphinx, well. Not just the Sphinx, but there's been evidence found of civilization or people in North America mm. that were pre 12,000 years. Sure. I heard about that, yeah. Which means they had to have gotten there somehow. Yes. And he believes that there was an advanced civilization yeah. that was capable of traveling oceans and getting to other places mm. and colonizing other places. And this was all destroyed by this great flood. Yeah. Now, the great flood could be related to the study of the study. What the fuck? The story of Noah's Ark. Yeah. Or whatever other religious belief or, or other stories you have. Absolutely. So now you think because about... Think about it. Mm. Noah's Ark. Mm. Right? Yeah. It was a seafaring vessel. Mm. So if there were, he built a seafaring vessel, it means there was knowledge of seafaring vessels. Absolutely. Absolutely, there had to be, mm. because the tools that Noah would have needed mm. to create something like that, and an understanding of how to do it, mm. and the availability of the materials to do it, mm. you, there had to be that kind of industry going on at that time, mm. that, that ships were being built, mm. and they were traveling vast distances. Okay. I'm going to get a hell for saying this, but day 39, unicorns tasted great. <laughs> I saw a picture the other day. What's that, what's that sea animal that has a little unicorn fucking thing? Uh, uh, what's it called again, man? It's a, it's a type of whale, isn't it? What? Oh, there's that one. Yeah. Isn't there another one, though? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's that one. Yes. Actually, yeah. There's a picture of this unicorn, and it's at this, like, mm. at, this, at the sea mm. or something. They are in the sea, these things. There's a dolphin yeah, yeah. thingy. Yeah. Um, and uh, the unicorn's looking down on the water. And this thing bobs its head up, and then it's like uh, the horn yeah. copyrights. <laughs> and, it's like, and then you see the horse. The, 
It's no longer a unicorn. It's a horse. <laughs> he's got a sad face. Anyway, but y'all, unicorns. Imagine unicorns. Imagine unicorns the, and fairy so, frogs. So, so the thing is, like, yeah, like, oh, dude, where were we? We were fucking all over the show in the cosmos and consciousness and hallucinogenics and the theory of everything. The arc, dude. Okay. The arc, yeah. So this goes back to. My brother always laughs at me, like, when I say this, because he's like, you always on about the Nephilim. It's like, every time we have a discussion based on the universe, you get to talk about the, the Nephilim. He's like, what the fuck is the Nephilim? Educate me, please. You don't know what the Nephilim are? No, what are they? Okay. Wow, dude. You surprised me. <laughs> I'm just a fucking blacksmith, okay? So, so the Nephilim, according to the Bible, mm-hmm. were a race of half-men, half-angel. Okay, the, the the children of the Anunnaki, Anunnaki, or the children the of the sky Watches. people, the Anunnaki, yeah. Or the, the Watches. Yeah. Mm. And these people, according to the Bible, these, these half-god, half-man... Um, giants. Giants. Oh, yes, that's right, that's right, yes, yes. Were fucking powerful as fuck, mm. and they were they were stuffing shit up. If you, if you believe in the Book of Enoch and things like that, mm. it gives descriptions of these things. Now, how accurate that is, I don't know. Mm. But apparently, and there seems to be some sort of legitimacy behind it, mm. there have been these digs where they have been finding giant skulls and giant skeletons. David and Goliath. For many, many years. Yeah. But because it is not accepted, mm. and from what we understand, we're not we're not looking into it any further because mm. it's 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 like Graham Hancock was saying, I think it was, where things don't fit in our current understanding of mm. the beginning of Earth mm. and our history. Mm. If things don't fit even from the archaeological discoveries, yeah. they get shelved. Mm. And this is what if we have to... It, if it doesn't fit a particular narrative, yes. it, is, it is... It disappears. Yeah. It disappears. And you never hear about it again. Like, there was a seemingly, to me, legitimate story going around about the army somewhere coming across they were there i think they were searching for a, a unit of theirs that was lost that that something happened mm. to them and they tracked to this cave and they found a whole bunch of mil- military shit just broken outside and according to what i read mm. apparently the unit saw a red headed giant like it had red red yeah. red hair and things like that and this giant attacked them okay. it stabbed according to the account it stabbed one of the soldiers with some sort of a spear mm-hmm. and the um the thing was killed yeah and taken and nothing nothing was said about it, nothing was heard about it it's like area 51 Dude, if, I think there's some legit shit going on in there. Well, 
according to Bob Lazar, who was on Joe Rogan's podcast, yeah, he he was he was labelled a conspiracy theorist. Mm. This is that Skywalker Ranch and mm. things like that. But he worked at Area Fifty One studying a form of power device, mm. which they could not explain with materials, science, and physical mm. physics or physics of their knowledge. Mm. And they were studying apparently a power source from an alien craft, and there wasn't just one; mm. there were several. Mm. And some of them, they could fly. So these alien sightings or something are legitimate unidentified flying objects. Yeah. But the documentation released has actually vindicated him like 40 years later. Because he was shunned out of the, the scientific community because he spoke about it. That's crazy. It's like if it doesn't fit a narrative, yeah, you disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Which is scary because think about it. All right? Your existence on social media is dependent on your information being there. And at any time you could be erased. That's so true. That is a mindfuck. That's crazy. So... The question is, how many people are you willing to kill or make disappear? What the fuck has that got to do with it? Well, if you look about it, some people, if you look at the old psycho, the old psychiatrists or psychologists, you know, where they like, oh, they've got depression or bipolar or something. They used to oh, let's do a frontal lobotomy and they cut half the person's brain out or they pump them so full of drugs that they don't know who the fuck they are. There was science experiments done in Canada with funding from, I think it was the CIA or the FBI, where they pumped these people so full of fucking LSD that it fucked them up completely. Jeepers. There's some dark places that that science goes. Yeah. Uh, but it's based on who's driving it. So, And this is all information that we'll probably only hear about in our much, like, for the future, like if we ever hear we, about it in our lifetime, maybe our kids will hear about absolutely, it. Absolutely. Absolutely. The crazy shit that they were doing. Because mm. if we think about our past, yeah. If, the crazy shit that we were doing back then. I mean when I was growing up, there was no internet. Yeah. So the crazy shit you did, it happened. The few people saw it, knew about it, maybe told stories, and then it only becomes a story. But now um I think that Lex Friedman wrote the... No, it wasn't Lex Friedman. Edward Snowden. Okay. He was a former CIA... Or, or F, CIA or FBI, but he was like a consultant mm. in computers. And he saw that all this uh, invasion of privacy and hacking that the, the government, the US government was doing, and yeah. he felt morally that it was wrong. So they were using blanket rule to do all the surveillance. This is post 9-11, 2001. So they were using this thing as, oh, it could be important to terrorism, counter-terrorism. But then they are breaching your civil rights 
or your right to privacy by abusing laws. And he outed this, and he's living, I think he's in hiding in Russia. Um, but there's still cases against him. It's not much hiding if you, uh, if you know where no, the fucker is. But the thing is, there's no extradition agreement with Russia. So the Russia's not interested in... Yeah. over right here. Oh, there we go. Um, Russia's not interested in... Not interested in for the in in giving him back to the Americans because Americans want to pre- prosecute him and shut him up because he broke the rules. Oh, he okay. spoke out. Okay, it's like the Pfizer warrants that they do they use for for um, doing all this. It's actually illegal shit, you know. If they go to if they go to court. The, the intelligence things or the military or the government, if they go to court and they found oh, you did something wrong, nothing happens to fucking nobody. If you're speeding down the road and a traffic cop pulls you over, you pay a fucking fine. You pay a price. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But they were getting away with shit because even if they did something wrong and they were found that they did something wrong, nothing happens to them. Mm. There's no recourse. Yeah. And he wrote a book your permanent record. So everything you do online is your permanent record. Sure. There's record of it somewhere. So even if you delete your Facebook account and you delete all the information, it still exists. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So when we it's out there for sure. So when we grew up there was no internet. So that permanent record and that's how some people like the pedophile rings and the things like that. They could get away with it because the voice could be quashed so easily. But now with the power of the internet and social media that is so much more difficult to squash. Sure. It's definitely got its positives, mm-hmm. but it's also being used a lot, used for a lot of, a lot of distractions, a lot of evil, as yeah. well. And if we look in, in our, this is a very rare t- time I'll go into politics. But if you look at one of the news reports, is the Minister of Health wants to have some of the powers they've granted themselves carried on post state of national disaster. Who keeps these people in check? But that's not a path we want to go down. Let's go back to... Oh, that you must listen to that Edward Snowden and Lex Friedman and these things on Joe Rogan's podcast because, you know, it provides a different perspective. What is our reality? Is it what we told? Is it what we observe? Is it our understanding? Is my reality the same as your reality? Because how you perceive the reality is different to how I perceive the reality. Yeah, for sure. So there's always three. There's always three stories. Yeah. There's my story. Mm. There's your story, and there's the truth. Absolutely. So the Bible is a story. It is a story. Oh, it's, 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 look, to me, it's a very believable story. 
and I think there's a lot of facts in it. But the thing is, it is still a story. Mm. And because we, and what what defines a story? Something that you weren't there to observe. Yeah. And when you retell <clears throat> it, you retell it as a story because that mm. is that is the fact. Nobody was there to observe it but you. Mm. And it is in the past, and that's why we describe it as a story. Mm. So, and a story also means it's fictional sometimes, and so on. But there's a lot of truth behind what the Bible says for sure. There is, yeah. And and the thing is, discerning the truth from the fiction, because every yeah. time you tell a story, it changes. It like, changes. Absolutely. And I mean, uh, I've spoken Facts to it's change over time. I mean, I've spoken to my psychologist, mm. and your memory is corrupted. Absolutely. Because when that memory is formed in your brain, it's stored there. But while you may not consciously be thinking about it, your subconscious could be thinking about it. Yeah. And it changes it slightly. Yeah. So when Joan was knocked over by the red car, it then became... Joan ran in front of the red car, or Joan got knocked over by a maroon car, and yeah, absolutely, so it, it gets absolutely. warped. They were talking about this uh, on on some documentary the other day about the nine uh, eleven, mm. and uh, they were saying that they were they were interviewing a whole bunch of people who claimed to have observed observed the the thing, and they recounted their their observation. Mm. Of the of the the story mm. of what happened with nine eleven, mm. you know what sequence the planes crashed in, where yeah. they crashed, and so on and so forth. And mm. this one chick claimed that she had seen it from her bedroom window. Now they said, and she said that she had seen the smoke drifting over the the lake that she was nearby, or some over some, the river, over the river, or something. Mm. Um, and they were saying that at that time the wind, the wind was blowing in the opposite direction mm. from where she was situated, so that mm. that's not possible. And they were breaking down these people's stories basically to tell you how inaccurate your memory is in mm. that brief section that they were doing these interviews. Mm. But um, it was very interesting because your your information each time you convey information, it's it's broken telephone in your mm. own head basically. Mm. So, no. It's, I mean, to to a degree, obviously, you can re, you you can recount the. As some people are very good at this, recounting mm. the exact fucking turn of events mm. that happened for this insignificant story that you're telling. Mm. It's crazy. Jack's mm. good at that. Like he'll mm. be like, this, this, this happened, that happened, that happened yesterday, and then that happened yesterday. That's why I didn't have this tool, so that's why I had to make this tool to do this. And I'm like, oh fuck, dude! Like the intimacy of that, the 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 information in that mm. story. But that come, I think that comes down to how much are you in the moment? How much are you in the present? Absolutely, absolutely. Because think about it. Okay, you haven't driven recently. Hmm. But like, if I have to think about my drive to work, yeah, on Thursday. No, I'm on Wednesday. You can visualize it. No, I can't. You can't. I don't remember shit. I can remember that. But it's like because it's not important. 
remember your 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 senses are a filter like everything is filtered yeah but that that's only dictated to what's important to you yeah that's the other thing mm. yeah to, to another person it could be very important mm. it's like we could be sitting next to each other on a roller coaster yeah and your experience of the of the event would be completely different to mine because you're two different people yeah or we perceive things differently we, we are we are we're different consciousness yeah and i think a lot of who you are as a person is is dependent on a lot of things mm. whether you had money as a kid or not whether your parents were good to you mm. whether they inspired you whether mm. they supported you whether they taught you how to be brave or fight mm. or whatever like and it's and it's all dependent on so many variables who you mm. become as a person mm. you can change that if if you're if you're negative mm. you can or or you're in a bad place in life you can mm. change that i believe that for sure mm. i think that positivity is definitely a healthy way of looking at things and it's it's your i mean that that's what makes every single Although you are in, insignificant in terms of the universe, yeah. At the same time, you are significant because you are unique, and you are existing in this moment. Yeah. So therefore, what you do with your life is very important. Mm. It's going to leave an impact in some way or another. It's going to mm. impact other people who may be inspired by your story. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people who've taken up. courses of work because of the inspiration of the past. Mm. For sure. Mm. A lot of people have inspiration from the past. Mm. So what you do now if you leave a history and there will be a history of you mm. in some form of another or another whether that's mm. written history or whether that's on the web there will be some sort of history behind you people will mm. be able to find you and that may be in a thousand years from now that they actually unless you leave a very permanent mark on the world mm. but it's the same as somebody will learn about you. these archaeological digs yeah where they're finding shit of Utsi the Iceman yeah you heard about that story yeah that's crazy but I mean it's like it's been whether you believe it or not you yeah. are leaving a mark for someone to discover absolutely so maybe in we're going to leave fossilized bones our mm. our civilization not me or you getting cremated i'm going to get burnt man yeah cuz i don't i don't want to be i don't want to be stuck in the hole in the ground and the main the main reason and me and Chantel both agree on this I don't want a place where people go to mourn me. I, I don't I don't I don't look at it that way. No, because at all th that th that comes from our mine and Chantal's perception. Aunt Priscilla who raised yeah. her her son Tony died oh, a long time ago. But he was young. He died of of uh HIV AIDS. Yeah. But she still goes to his grave 
two or three or four times a year. Yeah. And she goes and mourns the loss of her son. I think that's important. It, it, you know, for you it may be important, but but that's my perception of it. That's your perception. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's, I, it's I, I see it. I see it as I don't want people to hold on to the past. You need to move forward. Absolutely, but so that's sh- dependence on the person mourning. That mm. there's nothing that you can do about that. Mm. I mean, if there's, I'm. If I mean, I'm if I'm dead and I'm create, cremated, yeah, there's nothing stopping the kids going and putting up a memorial for me. I may not want it, but for me, it's for me, it's a deeper thing. No, but you see, I may not want it. Okay. Yeah. Sure. But what they do is up to them. Sure. So. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's a weird thing for me because. I'll tell you why I'm, I feel the way mm. I do about this is that when my granddad died and I and I loved my granddad, he mm. he is an he was an incredible man, and we lost him over over lockdown. He he died in the home, and uh, we decided to cremate him, mm. and the the agreement at the time was that we were going to. Or it was being discussed, rather, not the agreement. It was being discussed whether they were, whether my grand was going to keep the ashes or not. Mm. And my dad says he he doesn't want them. And my grand says she she doesn't want them either. And like, the thing is, it's important to different people in different mm. ways. Like, mm. whether you want it or not, it's mm. it's. Entirely up to the person, but the thing is for me is that I I'm a very uh, sort of spiritual person, and mm. I like to have things that can physically represent people mm. in some form of another or another. Serenuering. True, absolutely. It's mm. this this one was was not from that grandfather. Mm. It was my other grandfather from my mm. mom's side. Uh, actually, her stepdad that, mm. that took her on after my my grand's first divorce. Mm. Um, so he was a he was a craftsman mm. like of note, big time. Mm. He was a, a I think he was a tool and die maker, mm. and he was he was incredible. And he made this ring, mm. and uh, when he died, I put it on, and it's never come off since. But it's. <clears throat> This, this, physical representation of something to mm, me is very important. Yeah, it's just I don't want a gravestone. Sure. You you can take any part of me. I mean, I I know of a story of a blacksmith who died, and he wanted his ashes to be forged into something. So his wife took his. That's ashes. fucking cool. His wife took his ashes to another blacksmith. This guy knew, and he used him in the flux to forge a hammer. Or Holy fuck. That is cool. So, it's a different... It's like I say, I don't want a memorial. Sure. So, I don't want like a shrine type thing, a, a tombstone or something. Sure. I want my ashes scattered over Victoria Falls. That's where I want my ashes to go. But Okay, but that is that is also special. I agree, mm. with, I, I agree with things like that. If you're going to drop ashes to get some sort of 
um, a closure mm. to things. Mm. I think that's important as well. So depending on how you want to do it is up to you. But I think that's really important. <coughs> and dropping them in a in a place that is peaceful or has some sort of relevance to the person mm. that you, you're mourning, mm. I think that that's important too. I mean, mum... <coughs> cough the other lung out. My grand, I'm on mum's side. <coughs> mm. Um... When, <coughs> come on, voice. Jeepers. What the fuck? Is that? You're losing your voice. <coughs> you need something to drink, bro. And there's wait, there's a little bit of water. There's a little bit of water. There we go. It's only a little bit. <coughs> so, when my grand, <coughs> I'm losing my voice. <coughs> <coughs> <Okay>. <coughs> Guys, I th- I think we're gonna call it there for the evening. Uh, I've got to get this this story out. So yeah, this is an interesting topic, uh, mm. or this connection. Mm. When my mom was small, mm. she always used to ask my grand, "Where do babies come from?" Mm. So she used to say, "From under the gooseberry bush." Yeah. So when my grand died, my parents wanted my grand cremated. Mm. And they put my gran and the one dog, their last dog that they had, Kimmy, they put their ashes together in the garden, in a little spot in the garden. And lo and behold, what grew out there? A gooseberry bush. Holy fuck. That. That's crazy. That is a mind fuck, and I think that's a good point to end. That's a good point to end, for sure. Anyway, thanks for listening to this deeply phys- phys- philosophical, philosophical, cosmical fucking journey. It it was incredible. I really enjoyed that discussion. There was there was fucking deep. There was deep, but it was enjoyable for it sure. Was, it was enjoyable for it, sure. <clears throat> to me, it's like uh, a submarine exploring the Mariana Trench. Yeah. The Mariana Trench is like the deepest part of the yeah, ocean. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's unexplored territory because nothing can actually get down there. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, we will we will be back again. For the next stoned episode. Yeah. Like, what, do, what, what are we doing? Stone St- guard to a sober no, guard. No, no. Uh, st- stone what stone talking sober what yeah. no it was stoner to sober yeah <laughs> stoner to sober stoner to sober that's what we're calling this section of this episode anyway guys thanks for joining much appreciated guys we'll check you next time on the open half cast and then uh, please send money yes always <laughs> over and out roger that thanks for listening to this week's episode of open hearth cast find us on instagram at open hearth cast And we'll see you again real soon.